This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and we are back after some sort of hiatus. Um, excuses, uh, uh, many excuses. Heskiff with loads, Albert with loads, me with loads. It's not even a full compliment this week because Heskiff's missing. I've got Albert, he's been day drinking in Soho and it's... Yo... 9.30, and he's already hang, hung over. How are you feeling? Quality, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined by Palace legend that is Cole Davies. Welcome back to the pod. Cheers, guys. Cheers, T. I'm not sure I'll go down as Palace legend. Mate, legend, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> thank you. Good to be back. Indeed. Got loads to talk about. Plenty of questions for you, but we'll get to that a bit later. Um, first up, I'm going to get straight into my beer because I desperately need one. Um, Albert, you can have one. Oh. <laughs> no, I've I've had my fill already today. Thank you very much. Okay, um, fair enough. Is this um, this is our first this is our first preview pod for a while, isn't it? Yeah. So I think Villa was the last one we did. Yeah, I lots, think you're right there. Lots happened since then. <laughs> I was going to say, anything happened since? No, no, nothing major. Just the, you know, just normal couple of weeks at Palace, as far as I'm Con- concerned. Contrary to the rumours, we didn't do the last pod, not because me, Terence, and Heskiff put ourselves forward as the new management trio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some kind of like Ted Lasso style. Yeah. Do, it's so cool. Do your three boys' age add up to uh, Roy's? And that's this—that's not an age gag. I'm just just statement of fact. <laughs> uh, Albert brings the average age down by about a year. I think <laughs> we're all very yeah. close in age. I'll take and I'll take that and I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. So of course Vieira has gone and um, Hodgson has come back, but we'll get into that. Of course, I am on Neckhole this week. I couldn't get, couldn't get down to the beer cabin because the missus, shockingly, is out on the piss tonight. So I've got both kids down in bed, and that's where they will stay regardless of what happens in the next hour and a half. <laughs> How many neck oils have you given them? 
<laughs> no, it was straight. It was straight on to the um, on the whiskies for them. Whiskey, mm. nice. Dip it in the dummy, you know. Put it in the mouth. It's good enough for me when I was a kid. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and Carl, you I know you've always got something tucked away in the fridge. Yeah, look, there you go. Um, there's there's that lo- lovely sound of the can. Now I spent a week in Italy last week, part business, part watching England in Naples. So I've kept it Italian. I've gone Aura Brewery and I've got a little strawberry and vanilla gelato IPA. <laughs> Keeping it real. I tell you what, I tell you what, that, that's upmarket South Norwood, that is. <laughs> well this is very in keeping with um what we got messaged from Heskiff today where he's he said he's in he's been in scotland for work and he messaged us say oh great that carl can step in um i got in at 4 a.m today and was woken up at half seven and then did a full morning of conference so i'm absolutely knackered someone i sat next to yesterday you get put next to someone random from another university was wearing a plaid shirt, and she says to me, can I guess your hobby? Looking at you, I'd say you're into craft beer. <laughs> Considering Heskiff turns up every week with fizzy water <laughs> to do this podcast, um, he said it's uh, ruined his day completely. So, But I'm glad that you're on with the Pontia beer of the lot this week. So what was it, strawberry and what good gelato? Stra- strawberry and vanilla gelato. It's all right, actually. It's nice. Or a what brewery, drink. yeah. What do you reckon, Albert? Come back, forgiven. <laughs> hey, it's just what you need. This you're you're two in the morning. You'll be craving this. Oh dear. <laughs> well, something I usually crave at two o'clock in the morning on steady, after on the piss steady. is is a Morley's, but oh, that not anymore. Now Why? Morley's Morley's are expanding the brand, and that's fine. That they're, they're welcome to do that. But in the week that we play Brighton away, they open up a Morley's in Brighton, paint a mural on the wall, and there's a fucking Brighton shirt with Morley's as the sponsor on it. That's That's not long after that's not long after the, the, the branch in Watford opening, which I'm obviously very happy about. But there's no there's no pictures of Troy Deeney or Mariappa up. <laughs> or anything did, like that. Do, do we do we know if the bear made it through the uh, the bear wearing the uh, that Tesco carrier bag made it through the uh, that the evening without a little bit of uh, colouring in? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't see any pictures, and I mean to be honest, most of the people I know that would have drawn all over it were in the pub with us in Lewis. <laughs> fair, fair point, well made. <laughs> so maybe maybe at another time that's going to have to be done. But um, of course, then loads of people just. The tweet on Morley's from Morley's about it just had hundreds of thousands of hundreds or thousands of Palace fans underneath just responding with the letter L, <laughs> and they went and blocked basically everyone. I told them I was going to confiscate the signed Palace shirt in the South Norwood branch. Got me blocked. <laughs> Considering making up a blocked by Morley's T-shirt. <laughs> so you'll where are we going for now? You'll be in there. <laughs> Fried chicken boycott. I mean, actually, what's 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 felt? I mean, bigger betrayal at the present moment in time. The you know the dream of Vieira followed by the sacking or Morley's going with a Brighton shirt. I don't know. It was just it's just a snowball effect, just an avalanche of 
piss taking that's gone on in the last couple of days. So much so that I partly believe that Southern tweeting this morning, we are aware of a points failure at Crystal Palace. <laughs> We're somehow directed at us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Taking a piss. I mean, it was uh, in the replies to that, you had Palace and Brighton fans alike laughing at it. So um, they managed to bring us together somehow. <laughs> but yeah, so mental. It's, absolutely it's, mental. It's, it's, it's next time there's a strike and they make a dig at the strikers at Crystal Palace that will be giving the final <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. we, we've, we've been out all year. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, hopefully our strikers and goals are going to be like London buses and they're all going to come at once. <laughs> I doubt it somehow. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at this. It's Wilfred Zaha is still our top scorer on six. When was the last time he scored? It's not this year, is it? Was it, was yeah. it Brentford? Like when he put it in the top corner? I think that might have been it. I think he's early. He's declared. He's walked back in and gone, that'll do it for the season, boys. (laughs) Can't beat that. (laughs) Oh, but um, we've also played Arsenal, which was one of the previews we missed in that time. Um, Some sort of rivalry going on. They've started some sort of fanatics group. Ashburton, what do they call themselves? Ashburton something or the other? Ashburton arseholes, I think it was. (laughs) (laughs) And they've posted a video of a load of them walking over a Homesdale fanatic scarf, which Twitter later revealed was stolen by an old boy, stolen from an old boy while he was walking down the road with his like young kid or something. I don't know. And they've just run off for love and then like put a video up of them walking all over the scarf. Um, Carl, weren't they in the HF DMs asking for advice on what to do? I think I've got to say, honestly, this is all going back until they're hanging a baseball cap off of their upper tier. They've got they've got nowhere to go, have they? They're owned. They're totally owned. Yeah, and it was funny. It's funny because it was just the, most of the replies are full of Arsenal fans saying, "Have some class," you know. <laughs> it, it's just very childish. And then they was all just getting slagged off for the trainers they were wearing because they were all just, <laughs> I was like, "What is this a shoe weld advert?" Which was <laughs> highly amusing. Um, Regular width, I hope. <laughs> that is a question I got later uh, that we could get to now. Is saying. Carl, what's the widest shoes you've ever worn? Yeah, and one, one, one assumes that means in a uh, colour being worn as opposed to the actual physical width. No, 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 the physical width. Uh, Albert, the Albert has a, a classic story where um, he turned up to Palace without shoes that he needed to get into the corporate posh seats. So he needed to buy some last minute and accidentally went into a wide-fitting shoe shop. <laughs> Came out wearing the boxes. <laughs> that, that, they would have been more comfortable I mean. <laughs> super super oh yeah. brilliant running nice, down yeah. the white horse, <laughs> running down white horse road like a fucking scuba diver <laughs> what, 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 I will, what I will say is and, 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 I, and I can say this in a really safe environment because hopefully nobody from work is listening I am contractually, contractually only allowed to wear uh, Nike so uh, I've never really tried to push it too much. But I, uh, when I nicked off to Qatar, I thought, I must have 40 to 50 pairs of Addy trainers in blue boxes that literally I can't wear out anymore. So if I'm going to trash a couple of pairs of trainers over in Qatar on the beach and stuff, I'll wear Adidas ones. 
wore, wore, wore the first time down the beach. I only took two pairs of Adidas trainers with me. Didn't take anything else. Wore the first pair down the beach. Feet were killing by the end of it. Walked around, literally walked around barefoot for the rest of the day. Second <laughs> pair did exactly. Had to go and buy a pair of bloody Nike trainers at full price, and I get a, no staff discount. Contractually only allowed to wear Nike. I Nike. love it. I'm, uh... um, yeah, I, I wear whatever's on sale at M and S. Percy Pigs. <laughs> yeah, the, the slippers, just like two Aye. pink slippers walking yeah, around yeah. the nose. <laughs> Yes, um, but of course the Arsenal, the Arsenal game was a, was um, shortly after. <coughs> excuse me, after the sacking of Patrick Vieira, um, and this is where I didn't certain the media watch jingle. But I was on Sky Sports News talking about Vieira, and then two days later I was on there again talking about Hodgson, just getting dogs abuse in the WhatsApp group from Holly Walsh and Doc Brown being like, "You're on TV more than us." <laughs> media hall. Media, Media yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I try to be balanced about it all, and you know, I, I think on Twitter I said everyone's let everyone down here in terms of Vieira should have won more games with the team he had and shouldn't have gone for a run like we did, but he also should have been backed more at, at key times with players in positions that we've all known we've needed for a long time. So I just feel like it's a. Uh, it's a sad state of affairs, really, where I think it could have been avoidable at so many points. But how did you feel about it, Albert? Uh, I, my initial reaction was one of, I mean, and it still is, of extreme disappointment because even though it didn't last that long, you know, during the sort of, I guess we'll have to refer to it as the honeymoon period, you know, it was great. You know, football was great. The team was great. You know, FA Cup run, great. Um but that seems, you know, that seems like three seasons ago compared to the run that we went on, you know, like not not less than a year ago. Um, so, my, yeah, my initial reaction was obviously extremely disappointed. You know, what's going on at board level and Vieira wasn't backed and, you know, and I still stand by that, it wasn't backed in the summer. You know, the whole Conor Gallagher slash the rest of the midfield scenario last summer wasn't good enough. Um and then, you know, the natural sort of reaction is to point fingers at the board. And then obviously, a, what was it, a day, two days later, you know, the Athletic article comes out and that goes into real depth. And again, I'll, you know, I'll take it at face value, the, all the talk of wanting to sack Vieira in last February and Vieira having eyes on the Leeds job and, you know, all, all this stuff that you're not necessarily aware of day to day, just based on what happens on match day. And uh, and you you know it sort of it was that was all a bit more sort of oh fucking hell like obviously a real sort of unhappy marriage behind the scenes for whatever reason and and it becomes I say it doesn't make it any easier that he's gone but it's I guess it sheds a little bit more light on that it wasn't just necessarily the results but yeah like I say ultimate feeling was one of disappointment I'd I'd loved it to have worked out and been a, a longer term thing yeah and Carl your thoughts. Yeah, perfect summary, actually. I think probably the only bit I'd add, I endorse all of that. Uh, the only bit I would add to it, so yeah, extreme disappointment. Uh, he wasn't backed anywhere near enough in the, in the summer. Uh, they, I, I still I still work on the principle, if, if we'd had Lukonga in the summer, we wouldn't just be where, where we are. The uh, We were probably two midfielders shy, definitely one, and we always knew we were a centre-forward forward shy. I think he'd done enough last year to prove that 
he could if supported. And it's not much of a risk, is it? You know, the players don't lose too much value if it turns out you have got the manager wrong and you don't realise that until 18 months into it, you've still got the squad. I think they could have gone and pushed the boat out. One or two more players in of the quality and, you know, we just wouldn't be having this conversation now because we'd be where Villa are, you know, points total-wise, I don't even mean probably league position-wise, points total-wise at an absolute minimum and with a bit of luck, you might be where Brighton is or Brentford, you know, and we'd be talking about it being one of our greatest ever seasons. Um, that, and I think what I would, you know, and to your point, I, I mean, I've said it loads and loads of times, and you're back to that Watford game from last year where he could have got he could have got the sack then. The board, stroke Steve, will do whatever they have to do to keep Palace in the Premier League. Whatever. Whatever it takes. You know, he could have won us the FA Cup last year, and if it looks like we go down this year, he goes. In the same way that Claudio... Claudio went out of Leicester. This is a Leicester pod, you know. It's ruthless. They have to, you have to stay up. So they do whatever they can. So that they they've got to make that decision. Uh, I the bit that I actually feel really disappointed about is because I bought into the dream. I actually think he suited us, uh, and we suited him, and it and and it was a way of finding. It needed to find a way of making it work. And it's just the characters, the style. Him out of his Parisian suburbs, us and Croydon. I saw what he did with the foundation. Absolutely incredible. His style around the club was brilliant. It's like, shit, it was a gem. Couldn't you just find a way? You know, if that was more backroom staff, you know, in, enforcing some other things, giving him the back and the money. Anyway, look, that's that's all gone. I think that's it's a shame. Something probably did need to happen. That's sort of where I've got to over the last 10 days, whereby, you know, I was angry. Was it this time last week or not far short of that, is it? Uh, no, I was angry in, in him going. I've gone through the change cycle, as they say. I'm sort of coming out the back of it and recognising, look, this maybe maybe something did have to happen for us to stay up, but really disappointed we just did back in last summer. Re- revolutionary idea. We should just should have just done a job share for the rest of the season. <laughs> let Roy take over 10 games and let him go again for the start of yeah. next season. Uh, I, look, I, I don't know if that was possible or not, but honestly, they were just all of the things that in from outside looking in or, you know, relatively outside looking in, you go, why wouldn't you just explore that? I think, I think probably where they'd got to, which is him and his management team weren't the lot to take us forward. Plus, you know, it was, it was no coincidence. It was done before the Arsenal game because, you know, it was an Arsenal causing him to sack him. It gave us a great chance to get somebody in from the the Monday and the Tuesday as opposed to from the Thursday or the Friday. But yeah, in, in an ideal world, it would have been the big arm around in the public statements. We back you. We believe in you. We're going to give you whatever it takes now to get you through the last game. So if that had been Hodgson coming in with Lewington coming in or whatever, to get them through the last 10 games. You know, as fans, you'd love that, surely. But, hey, they didn't. Yeah. I'd, it's kind of, you You mentioned a bit earlier there, saying about Brentford. We could, with a bit of luck and a couple of more signings, we might have been up and around them this year. But it probably looks back, is that fixture that's ultimately yeah. killed him with that yeah, last yeah. last gas equaliser from yeah. Jan out of their place. Yeah. Those extra two points is probably still here. But, kind of a trend throughout his entire time at Palace which a lot of people are going to remember Vieira's team was one that conceded late goals all of the time basically um, of course we've had some late goals of ourselves in there as well at least say notably twice this season but 
you know, it's those last gas equalizers. What's it? I think it's nine results changed from 85th minute onwards against yeah. us under Vieira. Um, those extra points last season, the extra points this season, they're just, you know, far and away from, you know, where we are now, where he's not even at the club anymore. Yeah, and he's a, he's, a, he's a young manager, isn't he? So, you know, I, I felt we'd stopped conceding from set pieces. There was a time last year when every time the ball came in from a set piece, we conceded. He shut that down. We started to concede a few from set pieces this year. He shut that down. In fact, we've scored more in the last two months from set pieces or going right back to Bournemouth game. We've scored more from set pieces than, we, uh, than we've conceded from. So he does learn uh, the irony of that blimmin' Brentford goal was it's the person you'd most want on the ball at the moment in time who typically runs down the clock. You know, you're talking about can run down 15 seconds that's done the most stupid or attempted the most stupid path that, you know, when the managers talk about there's nothing you can do against player error, that is ultimate player error that's just cost yeah. that goal. But, yeah, the, hey, the player who got here. The player who arguably holds on the, to the ball too much decided yeah. <laughs> at the very wrong moment to let it go. But, um, of course, Roy, Roy Hodgson's come in. And, Albert, we're in this strange scenario where usually when a manager's coming in at this point to take over at this stage of the season, it's because hugely it's the defence that's the problem. But before Arsenal, it was nine goals conceded in ten games. And Hodgson is hardly known for blasting teams away with our attacking prowess. Although there was a couple of spells, six or seven game spells, where he did at Palace twice. Um, so do you think Hodgson is the right man for it? Uh, well, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, first, I'm, I'm sure I was one of, one of many people when Vieira went, the first thing I did was call my brother and say, you know it's going to be Roy until the end of the season. I said, I, mean, it, I said it on Sky Sports News. I, I was like, I, I, I don't know who I want it to be, but I'm telling you it's going to be Roy Hodgson. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then, I, went on, and then I went on Sky Bet and he was like five to four or something. And it was like, <laughs> oh, fucking hell, so, someone's listening. Uh, so yeah, I, and, but then, you know, hand on heart, you know, for 10 games, looking at the fixture list and the teams we've got to play, you know, I can't say it upset me that Roy's come back just for to see us through the end of the season. I forget my disappointment that Vieira's gone. Like that's my, that's my main thing. I'm, I'm disappointed that happened. In terms of who's come in, yeah, Roy, Roy for ten games. I can I can live with that. Uh, I won't sit here and say, oh, we're definitely going to be fine, but we'll probably be we'll probably be all right. Um, but yeah, you're certainly right about the fact that you know Roy's. Roy's main sort of MO is is a tight defence, and we've sort of already got that. But you know, if we can if we can start conceding no goals, then we'll be guaranteed points on the board. So uh, I think that's the sort of starting point that we need to sort of move from. Um, but what I will say is, I don't want to be I don't want to be sat here in late July, early August, speculating about who the next manager is. I want that. Uh, you know, I almost want whoever that is up fucking dragged out onto the pitch. Last home game of the season, you know. Like, I, I, the, Ironically, the board, you probably will be there on the last day of the season. Yeah, like <laughs> the, board, the board. I don't want. I don't want the board dragging the heels. We, you know, we as a fan base need to know who that who the next manager is. The, the players need to know. You know, obviously, we're at a critical point for players like Zaha, who I can only imagine this has maybe pushed him a little bit further away from the club. Um, so yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with Roy for for the rest of the season. But beyond that, we've got to see something. We've got to see a big move. Um, beyond that, 
Yeah, and of course, Carl's getting out that we're playing Forest that set us last game of the season and heavily tipped to be the next man we're after is is Cooper from Forest. Uh, Great, I'll take, I'll take your... I'll take they, your words for it. They get relegated, and he just walks over the dug walks over the dugout. <laughs> yeah, takes 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 the forest tie off. <laughs> leans over, takes Roy's tie, gets it over that neck, and then <laughs> pops that on. Done. Yeah, I mean, it was of course he was in the running. I guess when Vieira got the job, uh, which a lot of fans were seemed to be against at that time, but. Yeah, I think he's he's done a decent job with Forrest, particularly with all the upheaval that was, I don't know whether it was forced upon him. I can't imagine he wanted to sign all those players. Um, he probably wanted some, but probably not all of them. <laughs> uh, but he's done a decent job there. And I think, I think they're probably still one of the favourites to go down, just given their experience in, his experience in there. And, you know, it's, it's just so tight. It can be three of anyone now, literally. I mean... Leicester even went to Southampton and lost the other week, which is probably not ideal. <laughs> um, ideal in the sense that Leicester, we play Leicester and if they've got that sort of result in them. But we're getting to that. Um, I'm going to move into questions we've had for Carl on Twitter. Um, quite a few have come in. I'll start with, does Carl think sacking Vieira represents a change in long-term direction of the club or a realisation that he didn't fit and with the existing plan any longer. So, I mean, we've kind of touched on some of that, but do you think it's going to change things long-term? No, no, look, I think the, I think the master plan is, is, is still very much Dougie and his coaching network uh, out in the market, trying to build a squad that plays, inverted commas, the Palace way, which is defined as, you know, far more football, attacking with wide players, looking at players where the, there's a decent number that are young and exciting and got sell-on values. And, um, you know, it's it's the Eze's, the Elise's, the Gaye's, you know, etc. going into it. And, and ultimately, they're trying to find a manager that can play that type of football and will attract those type of players. You know, Vieira did all of that. He did an incredible job. In, in being able to attract players. I think it blew Palace away, his pulling power. You know, Michael Elise would pick up the phone. they pick up the phone to him and say, we're just about to take Vieira and suddenly Elise wants to join, you know, and, and you know, he had incredible pulling power. I think they will look for that type of manager again. I think the strategy doesn't change, for good or for bad, the strategy doesn't change. It will just be a new face to try and go into all of that. I, Got it. So, Ger- Gerard or Lampard it is then? <laughs> oh, could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I think again, and I don't think it'd be Lampard for, for the obvious reasons of they've they've had interviews with him previously, and, and 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 you know I know what Lampard put out in the press, but I also absolutely know for certain we were definitely not impressed either. Uh, you know, Gerald's an interesting one because they there's undoubtedly he had incredible admirers at Palace whilst he was at Rangers, and then it all unpicked for him. And I think everybody asked the question now: is it is it Beal or is it Gerard? But yeah, both of those type of managers attract players, yeah, or, or definitely could attract players. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I think, I mean, again, you go back to Cooper. I think he's done it. It appears outside in appears to have done a great job at Forest with what he's put been up to. You haven't heard any player dissent at all. I think the players really, really like him, and you know, you talk at Morgan Gibbs White and all of that, and 
he's, he's made players better. I think that's what Palace really want, make a manager who can make players better. Definitely Vieira did that for a period of time. You would argue this year, I'm not sure you can say you've seen too many players improve, but it's, mm. you know, I think that's what they look for. A manager who can attract and improve players and wants to play the style to what we brought the players to. What they definitely don't want to do is bring a manager in who goes, and now I need to change it all. Mm. You need to sign six different players and I want, you know, I want James McCarthy back, you know, let's see if we can get, you know, a new hit for James McCarthy and etc. That we've been there. That's not the model. <laughs> you no, listening, Roy? <laughs> well, well, I did. I did joke on Twitter um, through through Heskiff that uh, Hennessy back on emergency loan was the first first piece of business for Roy to get done. <laughs> uh, God, uh, how we've ended up in this scenario of having a nineteen year old in goal is bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a yeah, again. I was remember being around about. I'll tell you what. It's coming back from Everton away. And I ended up on a train with a, uh, with, with, with a certain man who's connected to a load of Crystal Palace goalkeepers. And, and I said, I have a level of nervousness that we're due a series of injuries of goalkeepers. And actually, this is the one year where we won't have a, you know, that inverted commas, very experienced third choice. And we end up with, a, uh, with, with, with Joe going in goal, which, you know, if, if we're safe at that stage, it's absolutely fine. But the, it's it's the one place you really don't want that, and clubs will get a year. And it's not that Joe hasn't done well in coming in, but Blimenek, it's not. It, you know, there's not too many teams who would be building their uh, their uh, their squad around a night, or you know, their starting team around a 19 year old goalkeeper for the last these last ten games. That's for certain. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been impressed with him with the ball at his feet, certainly, and yeah, some of his shots stopping. I mean, positioning though, he severely lacks. Um, which is which is teachable you can it's one of the things that you can coach into a goalkeeper is where to be um it's it's not necessarily something that needs to come naturally so he's got the he's got the natural attributes well with the exception of height i guess but hopefully there's still time for a growth spurt in him but hey look he'll have a brilliant career and let and let's hope he gets lots of experience watching Vinny back or a uh, mm. or we've got another keeper and we called Sam once played for England. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he was a signing, got, weren't he? Got another keeper who played for England as well. Who's <laughs> out on yeah, loan yeah, somehow? Yeah. I mean, the fact that we've got two keepers out on loan. Are we? <laughs> are we? Somewhat worse. I am. I actually am starting to think we should stop trying to sign players from uh, from West Brom. I think they got. <laughs> like, I think they're doing something to him before they send them down to us. That's for certain. Where is Nathan Ferguson? No. Um, I do have a follow-up question to that, which is, do you say bringing in young players, as we've done at a year release age of gaze and so on, do we have to end this cycle of players we have now, though? With with all the change and the upheaval, there's probably amongst those players going to be some, we were sold a dream that we're now no longer living. Um, and Palace have kind of, I think since we've come to the Premier League, selling players is something we've been really bad at, with the exception of like Balassi. We've never really been, we've hung on to players and not let them go and not realise their value and a lot of them end up running down contracts and have gone. Is this summer going to be the time to cash in on one or two of them to support that new manager to bring it, to bring one or two heads? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think so. It's horrible to say, but I think they're going to have to. So it's, I mean, and, and the that's definitely not been a part of the strategy to replace, you know, in having the cash to replace Wilf. But I think, again, back back to your point, they're going to they're gonna need to do something on one or two of the players. Otherwise, they're already into two years into a contract or in Eze's perspective, even longer than that. So, you know, the, the two that you feel who are most likely to go, you know, in theory, would be Elise and would be Gaye. Now, I have a sense not too many will come in and trigger Elise's, you know, the money that we take to get Elise out of the club at the moment, just purely because of his age. Uh, and Gay's the one that's likely to go and Limonetti's probably not yeah. at least want to lose at the moment, and that's no offence to Chris Richards by any stretch of imagination, but you know, he is all of the stability, working on the principle we start, he's all the stability you'd want. But I'm not convinced Palace would want to go and put down on the table what it would take for him to sign a new contract because suddenly you're into incredibly big wages, one would imagine. And by the same token, if I'm Mark Gay, I might just go, is this the glass ceiling that exists at Crystal Palace? Mm, and, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and he's, he could go on, could he? He's been in and around the England squad enough to, to probably know that you know, as good, as good as Southgate is at, at you know giving people opportunities to get in the squad, if he wants to if he wants to get in the team and get proper minutes in the team, he's going to have to move on to a bigger club. And in fact, I had my Spurs mate of mine, Carl Spurs fan, messaged me a screen grab from Twitter saying Tottenham prepared to pay around forty five million for Mark Gay. Is he worth it? And I was like, oh, he's worth a lot more than that. If you, you know, I hate to use Harry Maguire as any sort of metric, but. Um, you know, I can't. You know, for for us to let him go, it's going to have to be a little bit more than that. Considering we saw Wambasaka for fifty million, you know, what was that four years ago, three years ago? Um, but like, yeah, I think Carl's right. That's the one. That's the one that I'd bet money on not being here next season, and not because I don't want him here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris Richards did show a lot of promise in in those games, and. You know, if all it is, we've shown that we can go out and get a player of Gay's quality for 18 million or whatever it was we paid for him. So there's no reason why we can't do it again. Um, especially creating that track record of saying, look, we signed Mark Gay and now look where he is. Um, you, you start saying, you know, we can be that walkthrough club. And as long as we can keep bringing him in and have a scouting network, you know, Jesus, look at Brighton. The players they have lost in the last couple of years and they just keep replacing them with players who are somehow better. <laughs> we, hey, listen, we might get we might get hundred million out of Chelsea for him. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't see a scenario. I don't think it's too far reached to see a scenario where Potter ends up as our manager um, next year. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Oh, we love a manager who can't get a team scoring. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe that's the of- model. <laughs> 
Well, it's kind of weird because it took him a couple of years at Brighton, didn't it? But yeah. just that, that basically the reason he got the Chelsea job is because he did get them scoring and then they start moving up the table. But then someone else comes in and gets them scoring more. So, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Um, is, is Saturday a must win or a mustn't lose? That's from well, the, upper tier Steve. Well, the, 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 I mean, there's two bit. There's, really, it's a mustn't lose. But do you know what? I think it's the most important game of the season. Not for the point or the points, but for the taking the fans on the journey. Yeah, so exactly. it feel it feels like it's a must win. You know, we, we're going to come out that in the stadium. We're going to come out of there. And you're either turning right. There you go. We're back winning. We've suddenly got a gap between the bottom three, almost, you know, not, not you know, the eight below us can't all win. Uh, and and you're going, the you know, suddenly Sunday morning is going to seem sunnier, brighter, and we're all happier and we're all a little better looking. Or if we lose, it's going to feel really grim. Now we've got a manager. We've changed the manager. We saw what Roy Ball looked like. We saw what it was like at Watford when we played his team. Bloody hell, we're already losing here. And now we've just lost at home to Leicester. So, do you know what? I know mathematically, I know from where we are in the league and with 10 games to go, it's almost certainly not a must-lose. I really think I really think it's such an important one to win, especially as you go, take all the pressure, not all the pressure off of Leeds, but why not take a hell of a load of pressure off of Leeds if we win at home to Leicester? Just think mm. we believe. We Tell you what, we beat Leicester, we definitely stay up. We definitely stay up. We I lose know. to Leicester and then it's, it's, that's a football game. I think we probably only need maybe only two wins and a few draws and we'll be fine yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, getting one of those out of the way straight away would be lovely. Um, I mean, you can both feel this. And Stephen Rondin, do we play two forwards or keep it keep it a tight game? Now, Albert, I'll, can you see another scenario where, what was it, four four two with Zaha and Townsend up front? Do you remember that? Counter, I'll say counter question. <laughs> do we have two forwards? Um, <laughs> uh, can I see a play in two forwards? No. Is the short answer? <laughs> I think Royal 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 play, you know, a version of a, a four four five one. Um, certainly, when we haven't got the ball, uh, and whether that's Jordan Ayew supporting Mateta or Edouard or Zaha, like you say, it might, there might be no strikers on the pitch. Who knows? Um, all I, all I know is it's my fir- it's my first game at Seller since fucking I think September. And yeah, I'm 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 perversely looking forward to seeing what unfurls. Mm. Yeah, just why you're touching on if it's with Mateta? <laughs> Did you see Zaha in the training video lagging <laughs> 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 off the way he jumps? <laughs> How did that get through the edit? Unless the editor's just like, I've had enough of Mateta myself. I don't care. It's going I'll out. tell you why. Editor's a Palace fan. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see the way he jumps? We're like, what's wrong? Is that brilliant? Is that yes? We are all you, Wilf. We are all you, Wilf. Talking of Wilf, did you see Barry Bannon? Has had his second kid and named it Wilf yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I think they played once together at Palace. Um, so had loads, loads of influence on him. Left, left a big impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, congratulations to Barry Bannon because he is an ardent listener to the Back in the Nest preview podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently yeah. The, the name choice was between Wilf and Heskiff. Do you think if we stay up, a similar amount of cash will be spent, which we saw in Vieira's first season? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. They they wanted to spend money last summer, but I think there's a. I think it's the amount of players, the club. I think we, as fans, you get caught hung up. What's the budget? Is the budget fifty million? Is it seventy million? Is it hundred million? Now, there's always a level of stretch that comes with F- FFP, but generally they pay whatever they need to pay if they think there's value in the signing. If they think they can get a seventy million pound player for forty million, they spend forty million. No issues at all. It's it's the now that the challenge becomes on. So, what are the players they're going to go in for? In the how, what the sorry, what are the positions they're going to go in for? I think what they will look to do, working on the principle we stay up, they will look to strengthen four or five positions. I mean strength, I don't mean fill, as in pad out. I think they will look to strengthen with first-team type of players. Now, I guess the, the the big one out of all of that is, is that Wilf or isn't that Wilf in the squad? Because it's, if, it, if, it's, if Wilf is staying, it'll be four type players coming in at a decent chunk of change. If it's not, if Wilf is going... Then that in itself will be a you know a chunk of money you know that the re- the replacement isn't totally in the club at the present moment in time. We know that because we've actively gone after Saar previously. We you know they've definitely gone and had a look at another player that they went in for a bid on and and didn't get. Working on the principle, you know what? If even if Saar if if Wilf then stayed one of the other front players probably would go. So, yeah, I think I think there will be money spent. There's definitely money to spend. There's definitely FFP headroom. Almost certainly we'll end up selling a player anyway, back to the conversation we had previously. So, yeah, I think there will be a decent chunk of money and there'll be a decent bit of strengthening. Mm. Have we... Have you, not this, anyone you've got your eyes on or you, Albert, any players that you think... You know, in our track record of dipping into the championship now, for me, I'd, um, Alex Scott from Bristol City is one who certainly I, I wouldn't mind going after, <laughs> having a nab on him. Yeah, I was just thinking if we do go for Steve Cooper, he could probably smuggle about eight players out of Forest, and they wouldn't know because we've got <laughs> fifty of the fuckers. I'd bring Kiato back. Abs- yeah, yeah. Getting him to drive a minibus down from Nottingham. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could bring Morgan Gibbs-White with him maybe once. He, he, looks, he looks really good, doesn't he? He's, yeah. him, well, you've got him, you know, obviously Brendan Johnson, everybody's going to be after as well, but he's probably the one who's impressed me most, actually, Morgan Gibbs-White. I didn't realise he was that good. Palace definitely liked him, and they were just, that was one that they didn't think there was value there at the, the price that it was going up. They went... Somebody wants to take that type of gamble for a player that's you know got no real Premier League experience has just done it in the Championship. That they didn't fancy that risk factor. He's got to mm. prove it. He, he's good enough. He's definitely good enough. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, last question, and this is from Dan of the South. How aware is Parish of the backlash and the growing descent against him recently from the fans? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think yeah. I, I think he's always been one who's been astute with what's going on on social media. I mean, I've pulled away a bit from, you know, like how they used to go on the BBS and have you know that account on there that they'd use and so on. But I think he's probably still got his ear to the ground, hasn't he? Yeah, look, he's, he, firstly, he's a Palace fan, and most of his mates are Palace fans, so he's you know he he, he you know he, he definitely he definitely gets it. He definitely sounds people out. So of all of that, for absolute certain, he's, he's aware. And I think that's, you know, to him, he, he feels all of these experiences himself. It's not like we're sat here with, 
you know what? Uh, I'll take it away from Crystal Palace. I was, I was going to use an analogy of a, you know, a Crystal Palace owner where we don't quite know where his money's come from and might also own a Brazilian club. Look, he's this, you know, he's he's a fan. He lives amongst us. He works with Palace fans. He goes out, you know, socially with Palace fans. He, he, he kicks every bloody ball. And I've seen him walk out of games absolutely fucked off. I've seen him walk out of games absolutely fucked off with Roy Hodgson's team selection. So, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's doing this because he honestly thinks it's the single best thing for Crystal Palace Football Club. He's not doing it to save money. He's not doing it to fuck us off. He's not doing it for any other reason. He's doing it because he absolutely worships Crystal Palace and he, and he thinks this is the best thing for us as a club. And, and he knows he's probably taking all of the stick on it and on his head be it and all of that. But he's going, you know what? As CEO and as chair, that's what I'm there to go do. Sometimes you have to make the tough decisions. And yeah, he, de- he definitely knows. <clears throat> I bet you there isn't, you know, if we win on Saturday, he singly will be the happiest person in the whole of the ground. You know, because because yeah. also he gets to walk out of there without somebody trying to boot his wing mirror. I don't. Know. I mean, I'd I'd argue this is probably one of his few missteps. But I think we've talked about it earlier. We're we're probably going to stay up, and whoever I think we'd have stayed up if Vieira stayed here. Hodgson's going to keep us up. I reckon us three could have taken over and kept us up. You could probably let Wilf do it to the end of the season. <laughs> we've got ridiculously easier run of fixtures. You can't have an easier run of fixtures because we play everyone below us. And the only and, and then only Spurs and then Fulham, and it is going to make him feel like he was vindicated in his decision when Hodgson inevitably keeps us up. Do you know what? I don't know. He he he'd beaten it. He'd beaten himself up because he either a let it get to this stage where he needs a second manager in the season. That's failure, isn't it? And 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 it hasn't worked with Vieira. And so you know, what well, we couldn't. It hasn't worked with Vieira because he's no longer here. So he's. He won't come out of here going, and I've made the right decision because, you know, I got it wrong right at the start anyway. You know, and even that is, you know, we haven't backed him properly. The Steve's paranoid, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. He's always paranoid. When I, I, I remember the year we got back Schwein in January, that was, that was that under Roy. It was under Roy, wasn't it? Mm. Steve was absolutely <clears throat> paranoid. You can never have enough players who can score goals. We were, I forget when we were like 12th in the table and we only needed three more wins and it was January. And he was going, yeah, but see how the team's strengthening. What happens if Benteke gets injured? I'll go get him. And it's literally a signing so Steve could sleep better at night. Do you know what I mean? It was like he's paranoid that everybody's suddenly going to get better and we're going to get relegated. And I think that's what's probably driven back to your point. Could have kept Vieira and he could have put us three in. We would, you know, we, we, you know, we've got enough to stay up versus the teams that we're playing against. I think in his paranoia, he could see it sliding away, and that's why he's, he's made the decision. But he only does it because he bloody cares as a Palace fan. You know, it's 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 no other reason. I should say, it's ironic, because watching Batch Y at times gave me fucking sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to say, that, there was a couple of patches in that first spell whereby what we saw, saw Seth C with him and, and Will, and I can't remember who else, but there was a lot of sexy skills going on. And you can pretend for a moment, Batshuayi was the absolute real deal in the second. <laughs> by the time he got to the second spell, he was just offside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was that goal um, from the Wambasaka cutback at Burnley, where he just like yeah. takes it, for, runs onto it and takes it first time. It was, yeah, some of that was, yeah, very nice. And, and that was one of those patches where Roy... Let the shackles off. You know, we were 
we were safe. We had five, six, seven games at the end of the season, and we run right in some of those games. Yeah. And Leicester was one of them. Beat Leicester that five nil at Sellers was just yeah, yeah. unbelievable. And that that could have been anything. That could have been eight or nine that day. And um, yeah, so if if Roy, if Roy comes in and he sees, you know, I've got Anderson and I've got Gay at the back, and I've got Mitchell is not long ago been called up to England, and he's still like he's having a bad season by his standards, but he's still it's, it's not like he's complete dog shite no he's and still he's, a decent player yeah and he's got right he's got two right backs with heaps of premier league experience who he can trust and so he's he, he's going to look at that back four and be like i'm all right here so hopefully it will be a bit more and, let's try and make things happen at the other end of the field well, well one, one one assumes you, you asked the question about the shape earlier or sorry the question got asked about the shape earlier i, I agree i don't think at home we're sitting at four four two, and i imagine that defense will just sit a little bit deeper i'm imagining we probably won't see it passing all over the place and trying to keep hold of the ball. That doesn't mean Anderson's going to be pinging long balls from the first moment. But it will also be protected by Dakura and Lukonga. I reckon everybody else on the pitch is going to be told to go forward. Mm. You know, I think I think we will see Eze back playing. He played under Roy last time around and thrived probably far more than he's done under the, you know, his spell with Vieira. I think, he'd be given, I think he might be given the left and told, you go play, or maybe in the middle you go play. Obviously, Wilford be there. I think Elise will be told to go. I think they will. I think I think the front three or four will get total freedom, knowing what he's got behind him. I mean, this is mm. in his Palace time. This is definitely the best defensive lineup he's got. Working on the principle, we've got a goalkeeper, and, and you know, and Anderson stays. Anderson and Gay stay fit to the end of the season. Well, and that's what he's got within those players as well. When you look from cent- central areas with Anderson, Decore, and Lukonga, all players that can pass between the lines. Yeah. Yeah, and so and getting those, we've got the players that really you should you, you can get them on the ball in those positions from those sort of passes. They should be able to hurt teams, but we've had that for most of the season now, and they haven't been able yeah. to hurt anyone. So ho- hopefully, he can make it all work. And you know, he's got loads of experience. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Right, I think that's all the questions. So we should talk about Leicester a bit. So first, we've got our stats from So CPFC. Um, do 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 do. Palace only lost once in the last nine on a Saturday at Celeste. And that was against that was against Man City. So not too bad. Um, 3 p.m. Six, on a Saturday then. 3 p.m. Yeah. on a Saturday. On Saturdays, Palace have won 16 and drawn three <clears> in 20, <throat> 24 matches. So over the last 24, so only five losses at home on a Saturday in the last 24 is pretty good going. Champions League form, I reckon. It's coming home. We need, we need every game on a Saturday. As I say, it's yeah, nice. it's, the, it's the games on the other days and at other grounds that are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> just need or, to iron that out. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. We don't want no TV money. Just let us play it Saturday at three o'clock at Sellers, please. Hey, that, we might get that next year. Don't be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's obviously. Wilfred Zaha's favourite opponent in the Premier League to score against. He's tied with most goals against Leicester. Eight goals. Anyone want to guess who the other team is? Watford. Nope. What? Also eight goals? He's an other team he scored eight goals against. Eight goals. Oh, God. Oh, Brighton. No, All in Brighton. the Premier League. Brighton. And he chooses to play every other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we are on a record Premier League run, though. 
of 12 straight games where we've scored one or zero goals in the game. Binary. Which stretches all the way back to Bournemouth being the last one where we scored two. Um, we've done we've worse done worse than that in the top flight before, um, but that was in seventy one, where we went fifteen games doing that. We still managed two wins in there, beating Liverpool and Ipswich, who I think were pretty decent in the early seventies, weren't they? Ipswich, <laughs> typical Palace. Um, yeah, so this if we fail to score more than one goal this weekend, that will be extending that record up to thirteen. Um, and we haven't scored a first half goal at Sellers since October. <laughs> I'm going to stay down the Paulsons to about three forty, I reckon, make a gentle walk yeah. up, get in. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, look, what, only one loss being to City on a Saturday in the last nine is pretty impressive going. So, um, there's obviously something about it. And I mean, I. I a few seasons back, you'd go into every Leicester preview pod like this talking about we've got a good record against them, but it's kind of slowed down a bit in recent years, although there has been a lot of draws draws thrown in there. Um, but we shall see how that goes. Now, Carl, you have a, you have a good mate who you always talk about, Leicester Johnny. Leicester Johnny. I was with him. I was with him in uh, Naples uh, over the uh, back end of last week. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw to it, the both of you with uh, Maradona's in a box flag. <laughs> I, would, I would hasten to add, in light of the fact I quite like my windows, that definitely wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. I was well, I, the people like as initially, all the pictures went up with their faces scribbled out, and I was yeah. like, "You are, you guys, are, whoever you are, you got a death wish." Like, yeah, death wish, ridiculous. Well, that's Burnley for you. Well, yeah, isn't he on a? Isn't he on a ban from from all English games anyway? Like, legally. Yeah, I've got to say, the, 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 FA, the, FA, <laughs> the FA keep their heads down on that one, that's for certain. Yeah, well... I, I, uh, if, if this was a longer pod, I'd tell you about our getting out of the ground last week, but I, uh, it was it was more painful than getting out of Brighton, I can assure you. <laughs> I bet it was. But yeah, yeah let, let, let Lester, John, Lester John is a... He, it was interesting, he goes like... I think his, ex, you know, his thought process is the last thing they wanted was Palace to turn up with a new manager. You know, like every other team is like, oh, we're going to get the new manager bounce against us. They, his, his perspective, though, is... Uh, and, and sorry, they felt far more comfortable against Madison playing against a Vieira team, whereby the full-backs are pushing up and it'll leave a little bit of space in behind. And you go, you go back to a low block against... Uh, uh, that Hodgson are probably playing, therefore Madison's playing with a defence to go through and needed to pass through. They don't score goals in their mind. They're best of to go. Jamie, the words, Jamie Vardy's legs are gone. There you go, you can guarantee he scores. Uh, but yeah, I think that Johnny's, Johnny's perspective and a couple of a couple of other Leicester fans from back in the week, this has got draw written all over it. They don't think they're a bad side. They don't think they are going down. They they've been grinding out points. They think they won't be pretty. It'll be it's got draw written all over it. Yeah, I mean they've gone. They've been quite streaky <laughs> this season, haven't they? They've yeah. they've won it. They've won in batches, and then been horrible for a series of games. And you know they've got they picked up. I think they've got one win in their last five. Um, 
but they're just similar to us, I think. Like they got a draw at Brentford. One will draw at Brentford and are surrounded by a bunch of losses, which is As basically say, what we've and, done. And, and totally schizophrenic against Brentford. Were absolutely outplayed. Brentford took the lead, went in at half time. Leicester scored totally against the run of play, having good two or three down, and then suddenly turned into the world's best team and, mm. and felt unlucky not to go win it. I mean, again, Johnny's, Johnny, Johnny's perspective, I think he's probably watched, I don't know, nine-tenths of their games home and away this season, is if they score the first goal, they really do look like a really good team and they're full of confidence. If they don't score the first goal, boy, they fall to pieces. And that's what happened down... He went down to Southampton. That's what happened down at Southampton. You know, they were... You know they were well beaten at Southampton, and you know, and that was with Jay Madison on the pitch for them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we scored a first goal and then throw it away, or we conceded the first goal and then fall to pieces. So yeah. <laughs> they got one, they're one better than us in that <laughs> sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not because I mean, what are they in the table? They're seventeenth, aren't they? So it's just. But again, only a point behind us or whatever it is. Yeah, they're 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 they are where they they have been where they are have been all season, and and the uh, you know that that's where they are. That's the level of where they are at the moment. And like I say, we we talked about our keeper situation. I'm not sure I'd swap with theirs in any you know in any bit. I mean, they they are. I I, I thought for 15 minutes they were dreadful when we played them up at theirs, and they we took our foot off. They got back into the game, and you know it was a dreadful nil-nil at the end of it all. But again, you're thinking at that time they had Ward in goal. I know they they didn't play Ward for the last game. I think bang average goalkeeper. Oh, he made a cracking save from Eduardo. I mean, all yeah. I'd seen on match of the day all season is him let the ball through his hands, and then somehow yeah. Edouard finds the bottom <laughs> corner and he's throwing himself back the other way and tipping it round the post. Like, well, was it Nick Pope's last great save against Mateta since then? He's, you know, running out, bringing people down, going through him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that second one where he didn't get sent off at Wolves yeah. when he brought Jimenez down, it's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. God, God knows who, everyone shit themselves there. It was awful. Um, yeah, so, no, so, Albert, are we going to get a new manager bounce? Can you, can you see a win? Uh, well, I've got to be optimistic because, like I say, I'm I'm actually coming to this one. So, yeah, I think I think we'll nick it one nil, a proper Roy Roy ball one nil, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go even further, and I'm gonna say Mateta's gonna score it. Uh, I, I was I'm gonna say um, no shots on target, but a one nil win through. Uh, who's that guy who keeps scoring own goals for him? Oh, that poor <laughs> the one who got the two at Leicester, uh, Liverpool. Yeah. Was it Liverpool? Liverpool sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, God, that I'm, was. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two 0 I'm going to go. But the, the the second isn't coming to the ninety third minute, and it says a on the break type thing. So we're going we're going to be put put through it. That's for I absolutely mean, certain. Yeah. I hope so because that would lead to some serious scenes at Celeste yeah. and, yeah. and an atmosphere to end the game that will really drag us along. Hopefully, but it's um, no it's number one of ten cup finals to come. And it's an easy run of fixtures in the sense that they're all below us in the table. Um, it's it's a sense that, you know, opportunity, but it also comes with a level of risk that you start losing those games to the teams below you, then they start overtaking you because it's all one win at the moment, pretty much separating all of those teams. So I've even, uh, as listeners, some listeners will know, I don't, I'm not doing 
away games outside of London, but I've even had to blag Southampton away because it just looks massive on on paper now. I just got to get down there. It's becoming very tight. But yeah, 10 cup finals between now and then. And hopefully we'll get it done nice and early and we can just have a, a, another farewell parade for Roy for the last few games of the season. Yeah. See, see you in about seven months, Roy. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, but... I mean, he does hold the keys to Croydon, right? So he can pretty much cover managers whenever he wants, I think. He just walks in and yeah, says, I'm the manager he's, now. He's not sure where he's left him. That's the end of the sheep, His sheep are currently on the pitch at the moment. He's, mar- he's marched him over the flyover like he's allowed to. And uh, yeah, he's got freedom. <laughs> well, there you go. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Carl, for coming on. Brilliant hey, as always. Love the hey. insight. Love being here, good boys. Good to have you. Um, Albert. Go and sleep off that Soho induced hangover. I'll see you in see you on Saturday. Yes. Um let's try and meet for a beer beforehand. And some yeah, tasty jerk. You you got your eyes on the tasty jerk, haven't you? Classic. Classic. Hey. It's in the top thirty places to eat in the UK. And we don't do Morley's. We're on a boycott. Morley's boycott. I know what Ch- Chickenwell just further up the street on South Norwood. Oh, I, I I went I went there. Uh, in my protest and that i'm always having to put chili sauce on my wings in morley's these had all the all the spice you need in them so can i just say i didn't see the offending morley's in brighton so i'm not sure i'm i've not crossed the picket line yet to join <laughs> and and we've only just got one in watford so it'd be a terrible shame to boycott it <laughs> and, and, and as you said it's a big game and you're talking about the pub beforehand so it's a six pinter yeah Exactly hey. is. I mean, I've um, I'll be out after the game, and so I've uh, well, <laughs> for, for all the dads that I'm coming back for bedtime and then going back out after. So <laughs> if anyone's around, I'll be I in. The, I did. I didn't say bedtime. bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you meant my bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I've knocked on that door that offers uh, beds by the hour down in South Norwood as well. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. So hopefully it'll be out and about celebrating a win or at least a positive, positive performance. No, we can't need positive performance anymore. Nah, three points. Three points. Yeah. three points. All right. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks for listening. Um, match report will be out on Sunday. As always, head over to youtube.com forward slash back at the nest for all the stuff going on over there with DR. And until next week, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.